Which year did the park this morning? It seems like we probably have left. It was late last fall. Genesis in Chapter 22. And verse 1, Genesis 22 and verse 1. And it came to pass after these things, and that would be these things of Abraham's life, earlier testimony, God had tempered and tried Abraham and said unto him, Abraham and said, Behold, and he said unto Abraham, and said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, who now lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. Now that certainly reminds us of another only son that was so loved that we have been remembering this morning. <clears throat> and offered him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Abraham rose up early in the morning and so on. Then verse 4, then on the third day, it's interesting, this third day makes well with the three days that Moses was insisted upon that the children of Israel had to go into the wilderness to offer sacrifice. So it says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now notice there's, there's, there's a little change here in verse number six that I have to confess to you because of, like you read it too fast or too carelessly, I have missed. But verse number six says, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. So it now is taken from the donkey and it's laid upon his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife of the lamp both of them together. Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. They came to the place which God had told them of. Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And of course there's the intervention of the voice, verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I, he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, Thine only son from me. Very interesting to notice that the way through that God had through getting through to Abraham was through what he loved. And that's so true in our Christian experience. Often God will deal with certain things in our lives that are important to us, things that we love. And he will use that as a channel to get through to us so that we understand that he has first claim upon us and upon everything that we have. That's why he refers to him as thy son, thy only son whom thou lovest. Abraham is a very active man this day. Abraham is the actor and all the way through the chapter. He rises early in the morning, he splits or cleaves the wood, gathers his son in the, the fire and so on, and makes this journey. As they start off, Abraham takes with him something that he is not commanded to take, and I don't think it was really forbidden, but he takes two servants. And as well as that, they will take this donkey and they will proceed to the place of sacrifice. It's interesting that it is not until the third day that he sees the place. In other words, he has made direction, he has made motion, he has made movement. 
But not until the third day does he really see the place. In other words, he couldn't see it from where he was on day one. He had to make that journey, and then he would see the place afar off. Sometimes people will say to us, you know, I, I just don't see the way that you gather. I just don't see it. I mean, uh, where I go, here's what we do, and I don't know how you see it. You know the truth is? They never were willing to take the three days journey. The three days journey, that was something that Moses was insistent to Pharaoh upon, that he would take the three days journey and sacrifice on the Lord. Of course, to come back to Egypt, it would be three days out, three days back, and they'd have to sacrifice again. So really it was one life of sacrifice which Pharaoh wasn't interested in, and Moses knew God had in mind for his people. Now, just in a way of application, and maybe uh, I'm seeing something here that uh, you've seen for years, or something that you don't see at all, but uh, it's interesting that there comes a point where now suddenly, uh, what these what this donkey is carrying, this wood, speaking of sin, is transferred. Okay? There comes a point where that, that little animal, that unclean animal, can only take that sin, being that wood so far, and it stops. And it must remain there. And it is taken, and now it is transferred to who? To an only son. And the only son, Isaac, the love son, is the one that will bear that would, speaking of sin, under the place of sacrifice. Does that not in some way remind us of the Old Testament? Where there was a covering made, a provision made for sin, and it wasn't that it was seasonal, but it was until an appointed time when the sun would come, the one who would bear it away. Didn't John live the whole of his life really for that moment when he would announce Behold the Lamb of God. In other words, in contrast to all the lambs of the Old Testament, in contrast to all the sacrifices, behold, says John, the last of the prophets, the Lamb of God, which taketh away or beareth away the sin of the world. And so I see just a very faint picture here in Genesis chapter 22, often pointed out. The first time that where the word worship mentioned is in Genesis chapter 22, and the word love, and so on. But I find it interesting that there is a transition that is made here. There's a transfer of So that those Old Testament sacrifices could only go so far. Only go so far. It took someone else to pick up. Not only what the sacrifices spoke of, but what the sacrifices were giving her and taken under the place of sacrifice. That's exactly what Isaac does. Isaac willingly, no resentment. Isaac doesn't step back to wait a minute now. Just a minute. This is too much for me. Uh, that's all right. This beast of burden can carry me. You're putting this on me. There's no question. No hesitation. Isaac will take it. And now he will proceed with his father to the place of sacrifice. And on the way, he has a few statements to make and a question to ask. The statement that he makes is Behold the fire, the judgment. There's never any doubt in the mind of the Savior that there wasn't judgment for sin. That was never, never a question. He understood that. And he had come to pay the price. But he says, where's the lamb? Where is the lamb? You know, if, if you're here from heaven, it would be just, just wait a minute. He's on his way. The true lamb of God. But Isaac asked the question, where is the lamb? How delightful those words of Abraham. Um, God himself 
will provide himself a lamb. And I know that's taken and suggested different ways it can be taken and you enjoy it any way you like. Whether it is God provides the lamb first for himself or that God alone provides the lamb. But in, in any event, it is all of God. It's God's providing. Don't we see a beautiful picture also in this God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. In other words, Abraham and Son will go to the place of sacrifice with this promise that Abraham turns and he says, we're going to return again. We're, we're coming back. Now, while there's no record of them coming back from that place of sacrifice, that was an assurance, that was a promise given to those servants as they stood there in the donkey that day. So what about these two servants? What do they speak of? I would like to suggest to you they speak of the law of the prophets. Whatever you read in the prophets, it's obviously, and usually, just two, Moses and Elijah. Elijah and Elijah. When you read a patriarch, it's three. Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of heaven. But the patriarchs in three, the prophets in two. Now, that must have been quite a moment, even though the record of it is not given to us. It must have thrilled the heart of those servants of a okay, she's, maybe one of them would see it first, I think. Here they come. Here they come. Must have thrilled their heart. When I think of the sun, leaving heaven, leaving it from planet Earth, coming to Calvary, dying, bearing our judgment, taking our sin under the place of sacrifice, and burying it. And heaven itself, when he would rise and when he would go back, angelic beings, hosts that worship them, here he comes. Here he comes to be saluted by his God as he will sit down on the right hand of the majesty of high. He's coming back. Work is accomplished. Interesting that you, that, you know, it's very gospel epistle. When I preach this in the gospel, I preach Isaac as being a type of a sinner. You could do that. And there are parts I know that you could tear it apart and say, well, Isaac fails as a type of Christ. And, and that's absolutely true. The picture breaks down, but all of the Old Testament pictures break down. Like any picture does. It has its weak points, if you want to put it as that. But it still is a beautiful picture of uh, what happened at Calvary. With those dark hours, we just know they're dark hours in which God dealt with them. But we, we, we can humanly, naturally relate to what happened prior to those dark hours. The pummeling of the fist into his face. The plowing of the furrows in his back. Planting and pressing that crown of thorns upon his brow. Not that we understand it or can enter into it. But it would take those dark hours, those hours of darkness, when no human eye could see. Nothing is recorded. Just as it was in the early days of the Lord Jesus, so in the last hours of his life, nothing is recorded. But it was God, in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. It was God dealing with his Son an account of our sin. Heaven rejoices today. His Son has come back. Old Testament prophets like those two services, they stood there. They could only take it so far. The prophets could only take it so far. And there's another prophet that John. And John will announce, here's where I stop too. John says, I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That takes us back to all the Old Testament prophets. They were there. Voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight, says Isaiah. And to think that they will go so far. But there was one who 
completely different. How, how sad it is to think that there are religious, religious orders around us that surround us that will take pieces of this. And they will make that the curriculum and will make that the foundation of their belief. That's as far as it goes. I mean, you would have to go too far and go find places where incense likely was burned this morning and where there's Old Testament vestures and uh, furniture that is associated with how where they gather. That's as far as they go. Thank God this morning for every gathering company, whether we know where they meet or we don't know where they meet, who understand and appreciate one who took this tremendous journey. It was an upward journey. It was the high ground. Often thought of the Savior himself just as a boy coming with his parents and returning from Jerusalem, that there wouldn't be times when he would look back over his shoulder, maybe they didn't. He knew the mountain. He knew the place where he would offer himself without spot of the God. It's interesting that the, the voice word is heard from heaven, it is, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God. So there was so much that men could do unto him, but then there was something that God had to do. And we often say that concerning our sins that were laid on him on Calvary's tree. So we can thank God this morning for the one who was the fulfillment of the law of the prophets, fulfillment of all that he spoke of. And we rejoice in one this morning who indeed went all the way. And we joined with the joy of those that saw him coming back. Brothers and sisters, extend that just a little further. We're soon going to see him coming back. I'm sure men stood on this hall before I was born and expected to see it this week or this day. Said the same thing as I'm going to say to you this morning. Just looking around the conditions today, you wonder what much, how much longer. And we say with John, even so, come.